0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. You are now tuned in to the PA Power Podcast, College Edition, featuring Rob Waldco and Joe Youngblood. BA Power Wrestling. Power
1: Wrestling. Pennsylvania is wrestling. Hey wrestling fans, Joe Youngblood here with my co-host Rob Wolko. And we want to welcome you to this week's installment of the Open Room. As we talked about in the last podcast, we're previewing all the teams in order of their finished NCAAs uh, for this upcoming season, and uh, nothing better than talking about wrestling in July. But before we get into Lock Haven's preview and the pit preview, uh, there were some things that we need to, I guess, talk about that we were... Uh, based upon our research and everything we knew, uh, there's a few things that have changed. One was the Lehigh lineup, and these these were um, both these stories were, were things that Rob broke uh, between he and I. And I'm gonna you know defer to him now about the Lehigh lineup and let him explain that. And you know we got another another quote unquote bombshell coming your way, but I'll, we'll start with Lehigh first. So Rob, uh, you know, tell us about what you heard uh, in the last two weeks.
2: Yeah. So uh, a former Lehigh All-American who will remain nameless. Um, someone that has never taken me down. I had to beat them into submission and to give me this news. And apparently Gordon Wolf uh, will be down at 157. It looks like uh, Cole Walters will be the man at 65. I guess Ian Brown, unfortunately has suffered a a career ending or at least a season ending injury. So he'll be out. And then um, I heard from another unnamed source that Bo Nickel indeed will be 197, which when you think about it, makes sense that Kassar is going up to heavyweight. Uh, So, you know, him quote unquote running or trying to get away from Rashid didn't make as much sense. But if nickel is indeed going up, like I'm hearing, um, it makes sense for Cassar to go up to, to heavyweight for sure.
1: So if, if I may, uh, with the Lehigh lineup now with this change, I don't think uh, I'm going to waver on my, my original prediction. Um, I'm going to stay pat with what I had from the, from the original one, but I have to say, with Bo Nickel going to ninety seven, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it. I think I was back and forth a little bit, but ultimately, I think like the move here for the team, you know, might be Bo at, at eighty four. You know, I know you said it makes sense, but I, I don't know. Like, I think Rashid, you know, it, Nickel eighty four gives them a, a legit shot to national champ have national champs at both weight classes. Because if if and again, these are ifs. If Valencia goes to 84 and that's not confirmed yet, Rashid's not beating Valencia. You know that and that's that's my opinion. I know you know Rob, you, you think it makes sense? I, I just think the move here for the team is, is Bo at 84. but again, um, you
2: know no I, I mean it makes sense that Kassar is going to heavyweight because at first it's like why would he bump up? Like does he not think he could beat Rashid? But since Nickel's going up, it's like okay, he's not beating Nickel. That's why he would go to heavyweight. Okay, so,
1: and that's something that we could debate. And again, if uh, you uh, listeners out there have any questions or you know comments or you want to rip us new ones for anything, you know, you, you can find us on Twitter. And uh, definitely fire off a few questions, and just like if there's something coming up on a podcast you want to ask about, or something that we've talked about, as always, uh, don't don't hesitate to to bring that up. So let's roll into Lock Haven here, and you know I'm just going to give a little recap of their seasons past year. Had a lot of success. Uh, you know they're on the rise, and it's part of their their spiel there with Coach Moore, Coach Carr at at, at Lock Haven, and uh, you know recap their season, talk about the projected lineup, and uh, ultimately we'll finish up with some per, some uh, predictions. So uh, Lock Haven's coming off a season where they were EWL champs. And uh, they had, uh, as a team, they had three individual champs and six NCAA qualifiers. Their most, I believe, since 2006. And, uh, you know, it was uh, all all intents and purposes, uh, you know, a very good season for this Lock Haven team. That, like, you know, as in in their, their mantra, they are on the rise. They finished 16th at NCAAs. And just like Lehigh, they were they were I think a half point behind Lehigh, which put them like eight points out of tenth place. So, you know, the, then with two All Americans, which I'll get to, you know, they they did a they did a pretty admirable job scoring points. Um, the, you know, uh, as far as uh, getting uh, you know getting guys to win matches. And, uh, you know, talk about some of those guys that won matches in a little bit. Like I said, they had two All Americans. Uh, Ronnie Perry's a runner up at, at, uh, 149 pounds. He lost to the Zane train in the final. And, you know, Rob, I don't know about you, and, uh, you know, give you, you know, a chance to, to debate this. Really, like, that was a, getting to the final at 149 was a, you know, it's one of those situations where you knew who was going to win it. So getting there was like, you know essentially like being in a sense on, on some level a champion itself, like you know to get there to have the right to face Zane, but he kind of knew what the outcome was going to be
2: yeah, I agree I, I would have been absolutely shocked if Perry was able to pull that off, but man what a what a tournament he put together um, just upset after upset he just he looked fantastic and I mean he wrestled Zane tough, he almost had that takedown at the end of the second, he was in the match, so certainly he has uh, nothing to be ashamed of
1: no again it, it, we we said it last week and and anyone that that's watched wrestling you just you have to get hot at the right time, and you know it's exactly what he did he won the the e w l for a second year row and he goes on and has this goes on this run at NCAAs, and you know it was just uh, it was fun to watch you know seeing like those that fifteen seed next to his name in the, in, the, in the, not just the quarters but then again the semis and you know you know being cloick in the semis and getting to the finals. Uh, you know, seeing the one verse fifteen, it's what's what it's about, like seeing those upsets and seeing those guys like the coming out party. Uh unfortunately for Ronnie Perry, you know his coming out party happened as a senior and uh but it was a great way to cap his career. You know, in state guy, Solanco kid, uh teammates with, with Haynes in, in high school. Um you know so that was their, their runner up at 149 pounds. Um, they uh, Chance Marceller uh, didn't fulfill his prophecy per se, but you know, finished fourth at NCAA's. Had a great tournament. Uh, you know, was fifth ranked in the country throughout the season. I believe it was the five seed so in the tournament. So he did out wrestle his seed, and uh, you know, had a. You know uh he ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw with isaiah martinez uh you know in the tournament and uh Evan Wick who again another guy who had a- f- ter- tremendous tournament uh those are his only two losses and uh you know talk a little bit more about his season overall uh in the in the projected lineup uh they are twelve and four in the season in dual meets and uh their highlight win was a win over a number eleven Rutgers team a tough Rutgers team you know again we talk about teams on the rise and you know, when when Rutgers made the move to the Big Ten, Rob, I, I didn't think that you know that they'd ever be able to compete on that stage. And you know, I'm I'm eating crow on that one. I don't know what your thoughts were on on Rutgers when they made that made that move to the Big Ten, but it's kind of fun to see the, the the what they've been able to do since making that move.
2: Yeah, they were. I think when I was. Maybe a freshman or sophomore in college, they had the maybe the number one recruiting class in the country. You know, they had Scott Winston was kind of leading the charge, um, but they they literally got no All-Americans out of it, which was a big disappointment. A lot of people basically thought they were never going to get it done. Um, but since Ashland really punched through, I mean, they've they've been getting better ever since, and they're a tough program. I, I think expectations for them to be a perennial top 10 team, a team that possibly gets a trophy at some point. I mean, that would not surprise me if they get the right recruiting class, you know, the right class of New Jersey kids come up at the right time and they land them. I mean, the sky is is somewhat of the limit for those guys.
1: Yeah. And, you know, capping off the recap, the the Lock Haven finished 21 in the uh, dual meet rankings. Uh, you know, sixteen in the, in, in the tournament in subway tournament. So again, they had a, a great season. And again, we talk about when we we talked about Penn State last week. We talked about Lehigh, and I made the comment about these schools that have to compete against these Power Five schools, and they're they're tiny. They don't have the same resources. Like Lock Haven is even you know has even less resources than Lehigh. And you know, look what they're able to do. Like you know, look at the schools they finish ahead of. You know that uh, you know. Uh, it first comes to mind, my you know, I, my alma mater, West Virginia. Like they're finished ahead of a uh, a Big Twelve school. You know, it's 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 a testament to what the program does, and they're doing with a lot of in-state kids, which is just phenomenal to see. And uh, you know, the just the the, the amount of uh, success they're able to pull out of these out of these kids and develop this talent is uh, is what's about. Like Ronnie Perry wasn't a wasn't a blue chip recruit coming out of uh, high school. And goes to Lock Haven and bides his time, and and you know works hard and and buys into what his coaches are selling, and he's a national finalist, runner up, you know. And and like you said, gave gave the Zane train, you know, some, gave, gave him some trouble. Didn't didn't go out there and roll over for him. That was for sure.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, and I know this is a Pennsylvania show, and we're we're a couple of homers, but I think that could only be done in Pennsylvania. Like if. Um, you know, Iowa had a, a fifth school, or if, if Iowa put three teams in the top 15, top 20, you know, with Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa, like, it would be a little bit surprising, especially if it was a school the size of Lockhaven. Um, so, yeah, but, like, what those coaches do, Moore and company, they, they're they pretty tremendous.
1: All right, so let's talk about projected lineup for um, Lockhaven uh 25 I believe it's gonna be Luke Warner he's gonna be a sophomore next year he's 20 he was 24 and 13 as a freshman he took fourth EWLs did not qualify for NCAAs he's a Bethlehem kid uh you know just you know he's just uh he's one of those grinder kids you know he's solid on top and you know fun to watch um you know and 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 again had a very solid freshman year you know uh, as far as something to build on, and and like I just said, like Lock Haven's not pulling the blue chip recruits, and and that's not a that's not something that they should be ashamed of because what they're doing is they're getting guys that have high ceilings, and they're developing them, and they're developing them into really solid impressive wrestlers by the time they're done you know you're not going to see the the four-time national champs you might not even see many four-time all-americans come out of this program but you're going to see a lot of quality wrestlers uh, you know i'll talk a little bit about each individual that the projects to be a starter and then at the end we'll talk about where i where i believe they'll finish and how their their season will go uh one Uh, again, starting for another year, uh, DJ Fellman. He's gonna be a redshirt junior. He was twenty-five and sixteen last year. Another fourth place finish at the E.W. All Tournament, and uh, you know another guy to just a a solid wrestler on that on that that uh, Lock Haven squad that again put is put the time in. And you know, Rob, you can attest to it. It's not easy to win twenty plus matches at Division One level, is it?
2: No, I mean this unless you've done it, I mean, these guys are really, really tough, gritty guys. Um, these guys that are qualifying for the national tournament, they're very, very good wrestlers. So, you know, Lock Haven's littered with those guys right now. And that's – I was actually talking to my brother about that today whenever – not to go too far off the reservation, but um, we were talking about Bloomsburg back in the day when Stutzman coached them. And we went to the Navy Classic when I was at Bucknell, and these guys were just so physical and mean and aggressive. And I was like – that is division one wrestling, and those guys aren't even like ranked high, and they're just tough. Like this is what this is, and that's kind of, you know, like these tough twenty match winners from Lock Haven. It kind of reminds me of that.
1: Again, it's a, it's about the, the the you know we talked about the process with a lot of these smaller programs and how they have to, you know, they they get these guys that maybe aren't coveted by the big schools. And that are just going to come in and, and work their tail off, tails off to, to be the best they possibly can, and you know you got coaches like you know Coach Moore and Carr that are that are uh, selling a good product, and these kids are buying in. Uh, we go and move on to one forty one. We got Kyle Shoup. He's a red shirt junior this year. He's coming off a, season, a sophomore season, which he went thirty six and fourteen. He was third in EWL and he and he uh, qualified for NCAAs and went one and two there, and you know had a. Um, you know, pretty good, uh, or not, not, he did have a good season. And, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that's, as a senior, you know, you know looked to, to come back and, and improve upon what he did. Uh, another Pennsylvania guy. Uh, 149, we got uh, Colin Glorioso. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's the only non returning, well, we'll. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh he's the first of possibly two non-returning starters in the lineup and he's replacing Ronnie Perry. He's got big shoes to fill. You know, he's 12 and 6 last year as uh, you know, a Redshirt freshman, uh, you know, in backup the uh duties and uh wrestling opens. So that was uh, you know, his his role last year at the team. Um I don't know how he's going to handle stepping into the lineup. Uh I, I don't think he's stepping in and there's going to be pressure on. There'll be no pressure on him to emulate or replicate the kind of season that Ronnie Perry just put out. But it's going to be his time to shine, his time to 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 show the growth he's had in in his college career so far, and uh you know make a name for himself. So, Rob, uh, you know anything you want to add about those uh those first four guys that I uh that I that I brought up?
2: No, they're solid. I mean, um, you know, forty 49- nine. I know that Brockport was a, a pretty highly touted recruit, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the mix to start. Um, you look at like Shoup, Fellman, Klein. Like uh, Shoup should qualify, and then one of those other guys. I mean, they, they certainly could get to the dance. Uh, so again, like you said, it's not murderer's Row, but but it's definitely a solid group, a uh, solid four to start start your lineup.
1: And let's you know, being realistic, they're they're going to be they're gonna be a, a tough dual meet team. And, you know, like I said I don't want to get ahead of it too much, but I do want to say my prediction where I believe that that'll fall um, when uh, when time is right later in, later in my preview. Uh, 157 incumbent uh, redshirt junior this year, Alex Clucker. He was 25 and 11 last year. He was an EWL champion for Lock Haven, and he was instantly a qualifier, he and he went 0 and 2 when he got there. And, um, you know, he's a guy that. Uh, as a, as a freshman, 16-17, did not compete as a uh, redshirt freshman. I'm sorry, was sixteen seventeen did not compete as a freshman. It was twenty five and eleven last year. So you know he comes off, a, you know, taking it almost a year off, and and then comes back and wins twenty five matches. That's uh, you know pretty impressive. And you know at, at NCAA's he wrestled on uh, John Van Burl from Rutgers. Uh, lost, and then you had the misfortune of getting Joey Lavalley, the number two seed uh, in that bracket, who lost to Kennedy Monday in the first round, and uh, you know he ended up going zero and two at the um, at the uh, NCAA tournament. But you know, he, you know, he had big wins last year. Uh, he beat Brian Clagin from Ryder in, you know, in the EWL final, and uh, you know he, he um, you know beat Freddie Stroker from Cornell. Um, you know, he, he's, he's had, he had some, uh, you know, some real tough scraps he was in that he did a, a did a nice job, uh, winning and, uh, you know, I'm really high on him coming back and, you know, having a, a, a not a bounce back season, but building upon what he did last year as a red shirt junior and, uh, you know, making that, that level change to a, uh to someone that's, you know, gonna be to pushed to to get to that round of twelve we talk about. And you know, as we talked about last week, Rob, that round twelve. When you get there, anything can happen.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the the, the round of twelve is you get there, you can all American, right? Like it's, that's people are probably rolling their eyes, but you get there, anything can happen. I mean you could face the guy that's the last seed that pulled an upset and you quote unquote lucked into facing him or you could face the first seed who got upset. So um you know, half the all Americans every year wrestle in the round of twelve. So it's uh definitely a round where, where a lot of crazy things happen.
1: And uh, then we go to sixty five. Got a uh, Chance Marceller. You know, he's gonna be a senior next year. It's it's um it's kinda weird to think that he's a senior already, Rob, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, it kinda of flew by, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, again, uh was a huge I, I would say was I am a huge fan of him, and uh, you know things didn 't go his way and he he battled some demons and I think that makes me respect him more that you know he he hit rock bottom. He had his issues. He paid his dues, and, and you know he's making right on it. And uh, you know it's, maturity is the ultimate equalizer when it comes to something like that. And like you know, hats off to Coach Moore and his staff for giving him that second chance. Uh, you know things didn't work at Oklahoma State. He got to Lock Haven, fresh start. You know things happen. We all know the story. We're not going to rehatch it. But like you know, he like said he paid his dues and he did what he had to do to get back. And you know he's making the most of it. And and you know resting aside. He's a success story, in my opinion, because, you know, I think almost he had there were almost like unreachable expectations thrust upon him based upon his uh, high school career. Uh, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Rob.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure that he was under. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty sad when, when people were, were basically turning their back on him or you know, cheering against them. Like, listen, I, I don't lose sleep over what he does in his life, um, but certainly you don't want to see a guy like that just completely ruin his life. So, um, glad that he got his, you know what, together. I think Coach Moore. I watched an interview where he said he had a kid. Uh, so hopefully he's he's matured and everything's behind him, and you know he can go out his senior year on a bang and then you know enter the real world as a, a functioning adult.
1: Yeah. You know, so, you know, chance last year, they like said, 45 and four. One of the things I noticed, Rob, like, and, and, you know, you're, you're closer to Ben to, to the game. It seems like Lock Haven wrestles a lot more matches than some, some of the other schools. Do you, do you, um, you know, like, do you wonder, do you not wonder why, but do you, do you perhaps you shed some light on that? I
2: don't have the slightest clue. I'm looking over their schedule right now. Um, So, you
1: know, know, I'm looking at Marcel, he wrestled 49 matches and, you know, um, Shoop wrestled 50 matches and, you know, some of the guys wrestled a lot.
2: Yeah, their schedule, they seem to wrestle in a lot of tournaments. So they wrestled the Scuffle, the Peace Acts, the Black Knight Invitational, the Journeyman, that's Team Duels, and the Clarion Open on top of their dual schedule. Yeah. For whatever reason, it seems like they put a lot of matches out there just the way their schedule was, I guess. So let me, let me
1: ask you a question, Rob, like what is your opinion on wrestling? F- you know, so we'll use Marsteller. He wrestled four matches at NCAAs, I believe. Uh, let me look back. Uh, I take that back. No, I'm sorry. He wrestled six. I was wrong. So, you know, going, he wrestled 49 or uh, yeah, 49 matches on the year. So you figured he had 43 matches wrestled before he got to NCAAs. Is that a lot in your opinion? Is that too
2: much? Uh, yeah, it is. And with the way that the qualifiers are built, you're not, I don't think you're penalized for losses. So maybe that's intentional where they're like, listen, we're going to get as many matches as possible. Um, the more chances we get to have wins or, over other qualifiers or other quality guys, the, the better our RPI is. Maybe that's the logic behind it.
1: Now, looking at it from this standpoint, uh, or I'm gonna look at it from the coaching standpoint. And um, my in my opinion is that's a lot of weigh-ins in a lot of cases. You know, it's a lot of times that you know, you're having it to to make weight, and not that I'm opposed to that, but I just feel like you know when you're at that level and you got guys that maybe are not cutting right, cutting weight the right way, or, or managing their weight. Not only I don't want to use the word cutting because that's a you know, you know, look down upon Matt, not managing their weight properly. That's a lot of times they got to step on a scale and do that. So, you know, I would, I don't know, again, I'm, I'm just the guy with the microphone, you and I, are it's what we are is guys with microphones that, that have a platform to talk. I just feel like I would want to keep, you know, temper it a little bit, you know, not try to keep as many times off the scale or maximize the competitions for the amount of times you're stepping on that scale.
2: Yeah, I'd love to get Coach Moron to talk about that. I mean, I'd have to look at their schedule a little bit closer, but you know, with all those tournaments, maybe it is one way. And besides the scuffle, um, a guy like Marsteller, maybe he needed the matches just to shake the rust off because he's been pretty inactive. But you're right, the rest of the team—I mean, they, they seem to wrestle a lot. Yeah, you know, I'm just—you
1: know—just you, you, you do the research and you start looking at all these teams, and you, some of those records jump off the paper at you. And you're like, hmm. And you just, you just wonder. So, uh, you know, moving on to 174. 174 would probably be another one that's a possibly contested weight class as far as who the starter might be. Um, last year's starter Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. 18
1: plus was Jared Segrist from uh, or Jared Segrist uh, for Lock Haven. And he was 26 and 19 and did not place at the or took fourth at the EWL. But interestingly enough, Lock Haven received a transfer this offseason, Austin Bell from University of Pittsburgh. And, uh, Rob, I think you agree with me. We think, you know, Bell might be the, uh, the guy here at 174 for this year.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly think he thinks so. That's why he transferred there. Um, I mean, he's, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him a blue chip, but he was a pretty big recruit coming out of high school. I think he's an Ironman champ, you know, uh, was in the hunt for a couple PA state titles. He had uh, Labriola and Nino Bonacorsi in his way as a senior so. Yeah, really tough weight classes but i mean that kid he he went into pit with some pretty high expectations so um maybe not the the national headlines like marsteller but uh, a possible redemption story at at uh, lockhaven
1: yeah and you know again you, you that's uh that's kind of like a a a little understory there at lockhaven you know you got marsteller you got and we'll talk about thomas Haynes in a little bit they're like it's their their second stop and you know where they're where they're they're you know having their success at that second stop. Um, you know, so Austin Bell was six and fourteen last year as a backup at Pitt. Uh, not doesn't jump off the screen at you as far as knocks your socks off. But the other thing that kind of I don't know makes you think like Seager still has a red shirt year could be a, a good time for him to to, uh, to utilize that you know um, and then come back as a senior. You know, again, uh, you don't. I feel like he's going to be starter there. You don't transfer somewhere to, to improve you to to not start or to not have a better situation. So I don't know. I'm I'm going to go on a hunch here and project Bell to be the uh, the starter at uh at 74 for this um and he'll be a junior eligibility wise for the uh for um the bald eagles. Uh, 184 is Corey Hazel. He's going to be a redshirt junior. He was 24 and 10 last season. He was an EWL champion in NCAA qualifier, and he went one and two at, NCAA, at the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, Hazel is a guy that wrestled a, again, 34 matches, not as many as the other guys, uh, but, you know, he's back-to-back years of 24-plus of wins, uh, you know, that he's put up. So he's had some uh, some success, uh, you know, he's, he, you look at some of his matches, uh, you know, his win at ncaa he beat the nine-seed Bryce Carr. Uh, and then the second round Blaze he wrestles the three-seed Dominic Albinator from Michigan and loses 11-10. So it was a match he was in. It was a scrap he was in. And, uh, you know, it didn't didn't go in his favor. But, you know, he, he you know, wrestled Max Dean tough last year, 5-2. And, you know, his, uh a win over Drew Phipps, you know, you looked down the list at some of the, the guys that he's wrestled and beat. Uh, you know, he's got several wins over a great bullsack sack from Clarion, and, you know, he gets the matches. He just hasn't, uh, you know, has maybe not put it all together. So, you know, he's looking at this year being, you know, his junior year, this will be one of those guys, like, that is making no steps to change that level and take it to that next level. So what are your thoughts on that one, Rob?
2: Yeah, they I watched uh, the coverage of Lockhaven that Flow Wrestling put out, and I think it was Carr mentioned he's like, This kid's good. Um, he's athletic, he's really good. So I think they're he's a guy that they're hoping could be uh, the next Ronnie Perry.
1: Yeah. So again, like the, the expectations are there, not just probably his own, but the the this is what the staff is is expecting from him. So, uh, we move on to 197 and Tristan Sponseller for the uh, for Lock Haven, and uh, he's going to be redshirt senior this year. He was 13 and 15 last year. He was third at the EWL tournament, and uh, you know he he missed almost two months of the season due to injury. And you know they say oh 13 and five, 13 and 15 not the great record, but uh, you know is it for a junior as a sophomore he went 32 and seven. And, you know, he's 21-15 as a freshman, retro freshman. He's 23-9 as his true freshman year. So, I mean, he's got 89 wins under his belt. Like, that's not an an easy thing to do. And, you know, he he missed, like I said, a ton of time. He wrestled – the last time he wrestled was uh, January 12th. And then he didn't wrestle again until the EWL Championships, the first round. And – that's not necessarily that's not going to be a recipe for success as far as, you know, being able to come out and compete like it. it it's not easy. You make this comment about Marcelo wrestling the matches and knock the rust off. You're in the mid season. You don't wrestle for almost two full months and come out in your conference tournament and trying to trying to punch that ticket to NCAAs. It's it's tough, uh, you know, and I think you'll you'll agree, Rob. Yeah, yeah that's that's not an easy feat. Yeah, and last season he had some success. He lost to 13 thirteen ten, you know, um, in uh, in the scuffle, and he lost eight seven to Chris Wheeler from Lehigh. And uh, he wrestled uh, Jake Jacobson from Lehigh, lost six two. Two guys we talked about that are you know as tough you know as tough as a ninety seven pounders You're gonna you're gonna see, and uh, you know, but like I said, thirty two and seven as a uh as a sophomore did not qualify for ncaa's ncaa's but you know still 32 wins at that level is 32 wins anyway you uh you uh you cut it so that's uh the guy at 197 if we look at heavyweight you have uh the again another incumbent thomas haynes he's gonna be a redshirt junior uh you know thomas haynes everyone knows uh that's pa fan four-time state champ from Solenko, and you know again hasn't had the same success at this set at this next level that he did at the high school level. And it is a, uh, it's definite, you know, it's, it's not easy. Like just cause you have success in one realm does not guarantee success at another. And, uh, Haynes, again, another redemption story went to Ohio state. Uh, I think we kind of all know the story. He was going to be the guy at heavyweight and, you know, there was some guy that decided to go to heavyweight. Um, I forget his name. Um, I don't know. Schneider. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Some guy that won like an Olympic gold medal some or German something. German guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of left no room for Haynes. So he decided to transfer back clo- somewhere closer to home. And, you know, he, last year he was a uh, NCAA qualifier. He was second at the EWL tournament. Finished the season 21-7. And I went, like I said, 2-2 two and two at NCAAs. Um South Carolina's his season was ended with a loss to Jordan Wood in the um constellation quarterfinal or I'm sorry, constellation uh, second round of constellations, um and a loss that Jordan Wood avenged from uh state finals uh match back when they were in high school. So uh again Haynes uh you know is it's another guy that, you know he was a blue chipper. But you know, you look at the blue chippers that they have, they didn't get them. They didn't get them first shot around. They they got them on the on the on the second time around. Uh, and you know, Thomas Haynes is a guy that they believe at at Lock Haven is is uh, you know all American potential. And we talked last week that heavyweight weight class is kind of wide open. Rob, you know, we talked about the potential of of um, Neville's being the number the uh, preseason number one. I believe heavyweight is okay. really it's going to be a crapshoot when it comes down to it.
2: Yeah, there's a a lot of guys that haven't reached the podium that could be in the finals or could be in the semis. It's kind of how I look at it, Um, which makes it interesting. There's going to be some new faces. Um, So, yeah, I think Haynes, I mean, he's a guy that they're probably counting on getting on the podium. Uh, I think that would be a nice end of his career.
1: Yeah, uh, so totally agree. Looking at the outlook and predictions for this season, I'm going to keep this short and to the point. i will get Rob an opportunity to agree, disagree, or be indifferent on what I have to say. But uh, I think this Lockhaven team has all the makings to be another solid dual-meet team. Uh, they're going to be a team that will have an opportunity to, you know, with their schedule to wrestle some tougher teams and maybe even shock them or, or give them a good run. Um, I think when the smoke clears, they're 21 this year. And as a dual-meet team, when, when the dust settled, I, I'm going to say they're going to be top 16. This year, and, uh, and I don't know. Something about saying top 15 is – it seems like way too risky. Uh, so I'm going to say top 16 because I just feel like it's feels a little safer. I think 16 is, is somewhere in around where they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to build upon last year and uh, be a better dual meet team than they were this past year. And uh, the NCAA finish, uh, so they were 16th last year. <laughs> Uh, again, I, I don't want to come off as being conservative in, in this, but we NCAA tournament. It's 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 tough. Points are hard to come by, so to to think that this group has what it takes to to be much more than a top fifteen team, I I don't know if they can do it right now. I, I'm really curious about some of these guys and and you know the 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 next step that they potentially could take coming out of this Lockhaven wrestling room. So I'm gonna say top fifteen. In NCAA's, that's, just, that's just, uh, as bold as I'm going to go. I'm going to say, uh, you know, seven, possibly eight NCAA qualifiers off this team, and I'm going to say four All-Americans, uh, four All-Americans out of this group. Four uh, All-Americans out of this group. I'm going to say Marceller and Haynes are going to be All-Americans, um, and then I, I, I'm going to say two of the following three. Uh, have the definite potential to be all Americans and one's kind of like a crapshoot and I'll talk about that but I'm gonna say Kyle Shoup has opportunities been in several he won't he won't be intimidated by being there um actually I'll say two of the next four uh between Shoup, Clucker, Hazel, and Sponseller. Sponseller is kind of the wild card but I think if he's completely healthy you know last year he just didn't didn't um was hurt you know he ha- you know he, he's he's shown the the ability to to compete at that level, I, I think he'll be in that round of twelve. So I'm going to say four All-Americans out of this group, and I think that's a uh, a little bit on the the bold side. And I think Rob, you you may disagree with that based upon your uh, your response there a second ago. Uh, and but like I I think that as far as NCAA qualifiers go, I think you know you're going to thought th- like Luke Warner is going to be in the conversation. DJ Film is going to be in the com- conversation to qualify. I said Shoop, that's three Cluckers, four. Marsteller's five, Hazel six, Sponseller, and Haynes. There's eight right there, and that's I'm including Austin Bell um, in that in that uh, conversation because again, I don't know, I, I I need to see the I need the eye test on that one. So
2: yeah, I'll put my my over under at two and a half. Um, I say I say Haynes and Marsteller, and then um, you know if you want to if the uh, the public wants to bet on another guy. Uh, I'm not going to blame them, but I'll I'll set two and a half as my line. Um, while we're before we go over to Pitt, uh, these guys. I mean, we're kind of talking about them as like transfer central, but they have three Pennsylvania State champs: McGonigal, Climber, and Reed redshirting. So they're looking to reload. Like that momentum they're getting is going to turn over in recruiting, and they might not need the the blue chip recruits anymore to come in via transfer. They might be able to go out and get them themselves.
1: No, and then. And then you, um, Cole Manley's there too, just transferred from Virginia Tech. You know that's another guy that that uh, was not a not a I, I want to say a blue chipper, but definitely guy was tough as nails. He stud in high tuna. school, yeah. And so you know th- there's there's talent in that room, day in and day out. I mean, there's probably this year just going to be just bloodbaths in there on, on a regular basis, and guys just going at each other, and it's going to be. Uh, like I said, it's gonna be fun to watch. Like this, you know, it's easy. To, it's easy to to get behind a Penn State because they're they're you know they're, they're Penn State right now. They're they're just winners and and you know they they got a lot of personality and and you know Kale Sanderson is not very charismatic, but like you kind of hang on his every word. Scott Moore is a pretty charismatic guy. Very you can tell he's very passionate when he talks about his program. His assistant coaches have the same mindset and you know that team just seems like they're loose all the time they don't go out there they're not tight they don't have to be they just go out and they just do their thing
2: man if i was as good as penn state i'd be pretty loose too (laughs) so
1: (laughs) but that's what we got for lock haven uh you know always like i said looking for some feedback we're going to refer to rob right now we're going to go and uh you know talk a little bit about the Pitt panthers you know uh as, uh, as I've stated before, when it comes to this, uh, I, I did double-check with Rob this week to make sure he wasn't sticking me with, with doing Pitt. Uh, you know, I, I said, like, and I joked, and you'll, you'll here when we talk with uh, Keith Gavin in our interview, and later in the episode, that, uh, you know, uh, I'm tried and true West Virginia uh, grad, so, you know, talking about Pitt, I'm going to be as objective as, as humanly possible when, uh, you know, I give... Uh, give my predictions and and opinions on this. So Rob, uh, you know, you take over and uh, you know, time to run the show and tell us about the Pitt Panthers.
2: Yeah. So I'm a hometown guy born and raised in Western Pennsylvania. So Pitt's a team that uh, I've always followed and cheered for. Um, You know, we got the chance to talk to Keith Gavin, like I mentioned before, and he talks a little bit about some of these guys, but you know, Pitt's lineup is very, very young. Um, You know, last year they actually forfeited a few times at 125, and you know, they went out and took care of that problem pretty quick. They got Lewis Newell, multiple time Pennsylvania runner up. Uh, Brandon Fenton was a a late signee, he's a multiple time Ohio state champ, nationally ranked kid. And then coming in uh, as a verbal, who's a senior this year, is Ryan Sullivan, state champ from Shaler. So um, they're going to be pretty set at 125 for the next few years. Uh, This year, obviously, I think it's down to Fenton and Newell. Um I have no idea who wins out of those two but I would assume one of those two end up being the starter. So young at that weight but they uh, they have some pedigree, some good guys so you would expect uh, them to hold their own that's for sure. Uh 133, a uh, guy everyone's excited about Mickey Phillippe. Um he's finally stepping on the mat. Uh really really tough kid, uh, really well liked. Keith talks about him a little bit and his work ethic. Uh, Mick had a really good year he lost uh, three times twice to Del Vecchio from Rutgers he ended up beating Corbin Myers uh, Ben Thornton Dylan Duncan all those guys at the Midlands so you know he's shown the ability to to beat maybe not the the all-American type guys but those guys that are in the top 15 top 20 and I expect that his stock will only rise throughout the year Um, 141 uh, LJ Bentley he's a, a former national qualifier uh, I think he was having some weight issues at 125 and, and jumped all the way to 41. He'll be a, a senior, um, you know, hoping to go out with a bang and keep that St. Ed's All-American streak running because he is a, a St. Ed's grad, and, you know, we'll see how he does that he's at a full feed and not cutting as much weight this year. Uh, Joe, thoughts on the, the first three weights?
1: Well, the if if it holds true and, and either uh, Fentanyl or Newell is a starter at 125, there's gonna be some growing pains there i mean flat out Pitt doesn't wrestle a soft schedule uh the ACC as we talked about with you know here when we talked about in the, in the interview with with uh coach Gavin the ACC isn't what it used to be and it's definitely on the up and, it's, and again it's not the big 10 but it's i don't know maybe the next best thing to the big 10 you know the big 12 is a little bit in, in flux right now uh, so it's it, you know it's right might be the next best conference and you know they're gonna see tough duels they're gonna see tough competition tournaments so if it whoever it is Fent or Newell uh, it it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a a a, a year of learning for them um you know the uh, you know moving to 33 Mickey Phillippe again glad that uh, things are going right for him behind him is KJ Fensdemacher uh you know uh, another uh PA guy
2: I think Fenstermacher is no longer with Pitt, from what I understand.
1: Uh, Take that back, then. You know, Phillippe not having him behind, uh, you know, pushing him. Phillippe is, uh, you know, a guy that, again, you know, had some troubles and is getting back on the mat and things are going right for him. I'm I'm hoping it, 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 it keeps trending that way for him. And uh he continues to to see the success uh that he had earlier on, you know, bef- you know, in the last year. He was seventeen and three at the time that um you know, he, he, he got hurt, like you said, at Midlands and so he had a lot of a lot of competition and he was twenty five and eight as a freshman at uh at a at hundred and thirty three pounds. So, you know, he is uh the, you know, the some of the matches that, that he you know, he's been in a lot of a lot of scraps as they say and uh you know lost some tough ones here and there you know when went to tad took uh took Cade Brock gave him, a, gave him a a match and a half uh at uh at the scuffle um, you know uh he's got a a win over Sidarian perry from eastern michigan all american uh you know there's a lot of tough guys that he has uh he's gone gone toe to toe with and and uh and beaten. So I'm glad that he's uh he's me back on the mat and uh what was that you referred to him as in uh in an interview with with, uh, with with Keith the Van Wilder of
2: pit wrestling.
1: Yes, yes cuz he's 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 been around so long. Uh you know, I I used to coach with uh a, um local guy here. He was uh coach at Wissahickon and Pottsgrove and a few other high schools in the area and uh Jeff Madden, he's in the Hall of Fame District 1 and he always said he's He's something of effect. He's he's uh, he's always around. He's like mold. He's everywhere, and uh, you know, just seems like he's been around for a while. Uh, LG Bentley at 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 uh, 141 again. Looking to you know has, has been uh, solid throughout his career this year. Uh, you know, moving to um, up to uh, to 141. We'll have to see. You know. Uh, Last year alone, he 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 was kind of like a little up and down. You know, he was uh, seven and six. He has a one nothing loss to to Darian Cruz, but then you know he has some some other losses that weren't you know that you would kind of scratch your head at that uh, guys that you know if he's losing one nothing to Darian Cruz, he should be you know closing the gap on other guys that aren't as uh, that aren't as tough as as uh, Darian Cruz. So uh, you know, just kind of you don't know where you are going to get with him. He's kind of a little bit of a. Um, I guess enigma as far as uh, what's gonna what's gonna come about when uh when he gets to the mat.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um he's probably at the right weight. Maybe thirty three is his optimal weight, but you know, they got Philippi there who's a stud. But I think uh you know he could he could put together a decent year at one forty one. Um so jumping ahead, one forty nine. Um I would guess that they red shirt uh, those young guys coming in, Matthews and uh Matthews is the big one. Then Kemmer uh, would be my guess, just off of some things that, that Coach Gavin said about you know what they did with their lineup last year. So I would think Robert Lee would be the starter. Uh, Lee was a pretty big recruit coming out. You know, three-time Wisconsin State champ, uh, nationally ranked guy. You know, has not had a lot of success. I think he was eight and twelve last year. But when you look over his record. There's a a lot of close losses to good guys. One-point loss to Bo Donahue, one-point loss to Cortland Schuyler, um, two-point loss to Solomon Chisco, two-point loss to Max Thompson. So he's hanging in there with with a lot of these tough guys. Maybe there's something that's going to pop off that's going to help him kind of take that next step and start beating these guys. But certainly, you know, talented guy, just seems to be a couple points off uh, in, in these matches with a lot of these tougher guys, but, you know, maybe he turns it around. Um, next guy, uh, Taylor Bramani, you know, former ACC champ, two-time national qualifier, really, really fun to watch. Um, you know, he has some big wins. He's beaten uh, Josh Shields before. He's beaten Sal Mastriani. Uh, those are a couple of All-Americans right there. Uh, last year, it seemed like his year was a little bit more up and down, um, but really, for all intents and purposes, wrestled pretty well at the end of the year. Uh, he got a pin over Mike D'Angelo at the NCAAs, lost a close one to Hidley, lost a close one to LaValle, and he lost twice to Hidley, very close. And he also uh, had a win over Andrew Crone. So, you know, Romani's probably a top 15, top 20 guy on any given day, you know, very funky style. So uh, could certainly catch a guy, um, but he's a guy that they expect to, to make big jumps And then 165, Jake Wenzel, Um, you know, a bit bit of an up-and-down season last year. To start the year, I thought he looked really strong. Um, You know, he had Nick Wanzak on the ropes at Southern Scuff, or Cliff Keene, excuse me. I remember watching that match, and I was like, wow, Wenzel looks good. And he kind of let it slip away. Uh, Wrestled Ashworth from Wyoming really tough. Um, Wrestled Wick tough early in the year. Uh, Ultimately did not qualify for the tournament, but... Um, You know, he's a tough guy. He's very, very good on the mat. let uh, To take that next step and, you know, kind of uh, be a, a standout on this team. I, I certainly think that he's capable of that. Um, Joe, what do you think uh, about these guys, uh, the middle of the lineup?
1: Robert Lee, like you said, like, you know, you look at the, the, his career, uh, you know, he's 11, 16, 13 and 14, 12. He's, he's a the career sub 500 wrestler. He keeps matches close. Um, But like, you know, for me, the the, the, the test is like, at what point is, are those close losses going to turn into close wins? And, you know, one of the things that I I really like, and, you know, again, uh, I like about the staff at Pitt, um, is that the, the pedigree of winning that they all have, and they're guys that built their careers and their legacies on winning tough matches and grinding things out, and you know i think that's something now this they them still being new they're not even 2 years in yet that they're going to hopefully start to you know impose that will upon their team and get them to buy in so you know if 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 lee can learn how to win those close matches and um turn like even half those into it you know for his senior year he's going to enjoy some success moving on to 65 i'm sorry 57 like you said rem- Ramani, looking over his results, like, you know, last year he wrestled Hitley three times. He got his doors blown off in a dual meet. And then, you know, I'm sure that staff and I'm sure Ramani sat down and thought about, you know, how can we stop Hitley? We're going to see him again. And they did. They wrestled again in in the uh, ACC's. And it was a six four sudden victory win for Hidley, and they wrestled again in C W A S. It was a four two win for Hidley. So you can see right there the growth that he was able to close that gap. You know he had Joe LaValle losing six four at NCAAs that knocked him out. You talked about the pin that he had. Uh, you know through a close match with Kennedy Monday, who ended up, I believe, All Americaning, uh, being an All American. But you know, uh, but then he has some like some bad losses. You know, uh, Luke Silverberg from South, South Dakota State, you know, major decision in him, uh, you know, the, just it, consistency, you know, consistency is what he needs to exude. Uh, you know, he went from being 25 and 8 and, and a conference champion to 18 and 14, you know, and, and there's no change in weight, nothing like he, he just needs to, to find that consistency in, uh, in his own wrestling and, uh, you know, Jake Wenzel at 65, again, you know, he's a 5 500-career wrestler, 500-career record, record roughly, um, you come off a 13-13 season. You know, this is the year where he's, I feel like he's got to kind of start creating himself and, uh, and, and, you know, being a, uh, you know, a redshirt sophomore on his team, he's not He's no longer a young guy. he's no, no longer inexperienced. like it, this is the year where he should be you know, pushing 20 wins and and winning winning those big matches for this pit team who's going to be a year older. We talked about how young the lineup was and how young they still are. but with that youth, there's still a lot of experience in this lineup top to bottom. So
2: yeah, I, I agree. I, I know that coach Gavin after the Oklahoma win, uh, there was an interview where he basically sat down with the guys and said, like, are, are you sick and tired of getting kicked around yet? <laughs> you know, like, we're too good for this. We work too hard for it. So uh, that kind of always stuck with me, and I'm wondering if that mentality will, will just kind of follow them throughout the whole year this year, hopefully. Um, so to their heavy guys, you got Greg Harvey. Uh, he's coming down from 184 to 74, a uh, guy that I think is well-liked, is a very, very hard worker. Um you know, not a blue chip recruit. I think he was a, a low state place winner. He's a Boyertown guy from your neck of the woods. Was five hundred last year. Looks to me in the ship at, at seventy four this year. Um, Nino Bonacorsi. I think this is a guy that everyone's really excited to see. Um, it's, I don't know if I could call him a blue chip because he never won a state title, but he's pretty darn good. Flo national champ, um, you know, he had Taylor Venz on the ropes at U23s in freestyle. He was beating the snot out of him and, and kind of outshot himself. Um, but Nino, he has a gas tank. He can shoot all day, has wins over Dakota Gear, uh, plays fourth at the Midlands. He's a guy that I, I think a lot of people are really, really excited about. Um, 197, Kellen Stout, you know, former Penn State guy, transferred in. Uh, Six and 16 last year, not the best record, but kind of in the same boat as Lee, where he was losing tons of tiebreakers, won two-point matches. Um, So, you know, maybe he finds that second gear and kind of switches it around. Uh, Nice kid, comes from a good family. So um, the pedigree's there. I mean, his dad was a four-time All-American at Clarion. Uh, Stout was a very, very good high school wrestler. So we'll see how close he is to knocking down the door. Um, but he'll also be pushed. You know, Cole Nye just transferred in. Um, so that there'll be some contention at that weight, I would assume, uh, that those two will take some time to kind of figure it out. And then heavyweight, um, some exciting news. Another transfer, uh, Demetrius Thomas. He was a, an NAIA champ, and I think he was second or third last year. He wrestled at Williams Baptist, um, which was th- their – that school was started by Kerry Reitner, who's the head coach at Millersville. Great guy, great coach. Uh, Thomas transferred in. He's a, a bit of a project, but certainly a, a good wrestler. And you know, with how wide open heavyweight is, certainly could could make some uh turn some heads this year. Um Joe, your thoughts on this this lineup, the big guys?
1: Well, uh yes, Greg Harvey, Boraton guy. Uh definitely uh you know i had the 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 opportunity and the privilege to cover him as a uh, high school wrestler uh through and uh good kid uh that was a lot of fun he was in a in a group of guys um you know graduated with jordan wood from boyertown a team that was uh state runners up in the in the state duels to uh, bethlehem catholic uh, so i like i said i got to know him follow him through his postseason. uh he can't grow a mustache too well and, uh, but, you know, uh, you know, good wrestler. And, and it, like you said, like come down from eighty did didn't, I don't know that really he belonged there. Uh, you know, he was, um, you know, just it didn't suit his body type and it was heavier than he needed to be. Um, you know, and like we talked about, you know, you said coming off a 14 and 14 record, uh, wrestling up a weight class, uh, you know, he took some. Took some it was a, definitely a, a learning year for him another one uh, you know you look at the, the 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 resume of guys that he wrestled um, you know <laughs> you can go up and down that 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 uh his results uh you know drew Phipps Zach zavatsky uh, chip Ness uh, Pete Renda uh, you know um, Ryan price uh, chip Ness again Zavatsky again drew pack like you know, he wrestled some, you wrestle a lot of tough guys. There's nowhere to hide. I mean, Pitt doesn't wrestle a soft schedule. Um, I think his, uh, his, what he's learned in these in these first two years and, uh, you know, the the amount of matches that he's amassed, I think that this would be a year that, you know, he makes that, that, uh, I guess that, that, um, level changer it makes that step in in his development to where he establishes himself as the guy at one seventy four and you know lays foundation for it being his for like the, the next two at least the next season maybe more. Um you know, that's probably where he's gonna lock in that with Bonacorsi being a red shirt freshman. There's not a whole lot of room to move. Like he could be his spot for next three see these next three seasons and uh he can really uh you know you know make his mark on uh you know uh his career with these next three seasons, uh, Bonacorsi is a guy again, like you said, like he he um, accomplished wrestler, uh, you know, as a as a as a true freshman last year, win twenty one matches wrestling in a lot of opens, and you know the um I think that this would be a guy that when the, when the dust settles at the end of the season, he's gonna be a guy. that's gonna be. That guys aren't gonna wanna wanna run into. He's gonna be a guy that, that uh, you see him coming up the, in, the, in the bracket, and you're gonna be like, oh, you know, it's gonna be a tough out because you know he's gonna give seven minutes or however long it's gonna take to and do whatever it takes to win the match. So I, you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on prediction wise because I'll I'll, uh, I'll refrain from that till the end when we talk about it, but. um you know, bon of course is a guy I'm excited to see get the uh get the nod at start and start at 84 uh 97 Kellen stout uh Mount Lebanon guy Rob yeah that's what I thought um again uh, you know you said start at Penn State hit 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 a uh hit a wall last year six and sixteen um you know he was a, didn't have uh didn't have a whole lot of success at Penn, Penn State, but um, you know he—he's like, that guy. He <clears throat> he gets in a lot of close matches. He doesn't. He's not getting uh, necessarily getting his doors blown off but he keeps matches close and you know it's one of those guys like i talked about earlier he's gotta he's gotta find a way to turn those close losses into close wins or at least you know limit those close losses not they don't all have to turn and flip the other way what they need to do is just, just not be as frequent and you know you mentioned pedigree um, I, I i just think that you know another year in, the, in that room that's coaching staff settling in uh, and the, that the the amount of knowledge and success they have, they're going to be able to bestow it upon these guys. And so I think Stout turns around. I think Stout, when when it settles, he'll be a, you know, back to five hundred, just above five hundred for this season for his junior year, and it's something he can build upon for his senior year. And you know, uh, Demetrius Thomas, uh, this guy I don't know a whole lot about. Um, but you know he's got you know he, he said NAIA champ uh, you know he's wrestled a few guys at, in uh, you know from uh, Division one before uh, you know he lost to Mike Boykin uh, but he you know he got you know some wins over Brian Kennerly uh, you know he lost Joey Goodhart from Drexel um, and uh, you know Austin Myers from Missouri has a win over him uh, you know he's got um the opportunity because he is like you said a project he's got the opportunity to do some 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 good things, but uh you know uh, just uh one of those guys I want to see on the mat before I can really pass judgment as to what i what I think they're capable of uh, so um that's the the wrap for pit rob so let me hear your predictions and, and just just so you guys know we don't rob and i don't tell each other what our predictions are uh we do we do converse about things but these are one of the things that not not by design not like we sat down and said hey, hey rob i'm not going to tell you what my predictions are because i want you to be surprised it just doesn't come up in conversation i think you know I like it that way because I want to hear what he has to say, and I want you know, I want my reaction to be organic as I want his to be when I make my predictions to see where you know where we're at uh, opinion wise. So, Rob, let's uh, let's all hear what your predictions are for this uh, Pit Panthers team in twenty eighteen nineteen.
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll be somewhat conservative. Um, I'll say five national qualifiers. I could see six pretty easily. Realistically, I mean. There's a good bit of talent on this team, so even seven or eight wouldn't shock me. Um, in terms of all Americans, I'm going to say is going to place. I just think he's going to do that, and that's going to help spark the, the turnaround with this program. Um, outside of that, I'd say one and a half is, is my over-under. I just think I think Mickey is a stud, but I think, like, like I talked about last episode, 133 is really, really tough. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes and wins the darn thing. Uh, and then you got some other guys, Romani, uh, Wenzel. He's not a qualifier, but I think 65 cleared out a good bit. I'll say one and a half, all Americans, is my prediction. I think they'll end up third in the uh, the ACC behind NC State and Virginia Tech. They'll place ahead of Virginia and Duke, and then them and North Carolina will be slugging it out for third and fourth. Uh, what about you? I, I,
1: I have to say the uh – I, I'm not a fan of the half all Americans. I feel that you're taking an easy way out.
2: It forces you to take one
1: or two. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, you're taking an easy way out there, buddy. I'm going to say two all Americans. Um, I'm going to. I, I and I think I, if if I'm going to rank who I think is a, a like a my confidence pick, I'm not going to say lock my confidence pick for the the first to beat all American would be Bonacorsi. Uh. My next one, uh, I guess I could. You could flip a coin for me. I I, I have the same. I believe probably faith in either of them. That would be Romani or or Philippi. Uh, I'm going to say two All-Americans. Uh, not just to disagree with you. I'm just not. I'm going to say they're going to get two. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I I joke that it pains me to say nice things about the Pitt wrestling program or Pitt University of Pittsburgh in general, but I do like. After you know, I I did like the hire of Keith Gavin, and you know, we'll talk. You know, you're gonna hear a lot about that in in our interview. Uh, I I just like what he's doing there. I, I you know I think he's you know he's he's he, he's not putting he he's not sacrificing the future for the present on anything, and I, I just think that he's he's taking things. He's got the support of the administration. He's taking things slow, and he's building it the way he wants to. And I think this is a, a maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm 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 stretching, but I think maybe it's a that's a natural progression to, to maybe put two guys in the podium this year. And I, I you know, uh, I think as far as NCAA qualifiers go, uh, I could see the the only guys that they take the NCAA's are, are the guys in all American. You know, I could, I could, I, I can go the other, the other way, uh, opposite what you said. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, say Philippi, uh, Romani, and Bonacorsi being possibly being their only qualifiers, and and those guys getting onto the podium.
2: Wenzel and, and Thomas were my other two that I was like felt pretty good about, and then the other five guys, you know, they're certainly like Stout, turned some of those matches a while, around. Harvey at the new weight has a chance, but yeah, those five. I, I like Thomas. I, I think he's tough. I think he's going to surprise some people.
1: So give me. You, so you said third in the in the ACC, um, and give me a give me a number on where you think they land in the team race into the blaze. I know it's this is you know when we get to this these like pit Lock Haven. Uh, it's a real tough prediction. It's not easy, and I, I'm, I yeah. might be putting in a spot here.
2: Well, with, with one All-American, like if Nino places seventh or Mickey places somewhere, that puts them outside the top 25. So I'd say somewhere 20 to 30 range. I think they'll be a little bit tougher from a, a dual perspective.
1: I agree. I, I will agree with the tougher from the dual perspective because of the team they have. Uh, from a perspective, I, I'm going to say two, two All-Americans. I'm going to say they're a top 25 team in NCAA tournament this year
2: cool i hope so
1: our first guest of the the podcast is uh, head coach from university of pittsburgh keith gavin keith welcome to the show uh rob and i are gonna you know uh you got a few questions for you um thanks for coming on keith really appreciate your time and uh, taking some time yeah. on your busy schedule with everything coming up so yeah no problem thanks sir thanks for having me on our pleasure so uh rob's gonna get things kicked off here so rob i'm gonna re- refer to you on the first few questions
3: Hey Keith, so obviously you took the job, um, you know, a year and a half ago or so. And for all intents and purposes, you were somewhat inexperienced from a coaching perspective. I think you coached what four or five years between Virginia and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Um, what were some of the the bigger challenges or or things that you learned in your first year as a head coach and really somewhat green to coaching in general compared to, you know, some of your colleagues and guys you're coaching against?
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, people make a bigger deal out of that than I think needs to be in a lot of ways because of, like, when you're with the, you know, so when I, when I was with the, like, the Ohio State Regional Training Center for for a long time before that, you know, and that's like, yeah, sure, you're not, you're not, um, you're not a coach per se, but you're in there and it's like, I learned a ton from that experience, you know what I mean? And, and being, obviously going overseas and being on the world team and competing and, all those different countries i mean those experiences are invaluable and then like the coaching stuff i mean it's it's recruiting you know which is is building relationships you know and it's that's just kind of um you know you got to know what you have to sell you know and meaning in your like i mean um it's just like like you you want to keep everybody happy you know that's just natural but at the same time it's I don't know. I mean, no matter how much success we have or or what we do, there's going to be somebody that's going to be, you know, bitter or, or, um, you know, feels one way or the other. I mean, I think so far it's been going really well and people have been happy. Um, It's just, uh, you know, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you got to play the long, you got to play the long game, you know, and and so you have to, you know, there's some short-term fixes that you kind of have to, let go because you're, you're in it for the long run, you know, and if you, you settle for the short term, you it's going to be inconsistent, you know, and, and maybe you might do something in the, you know, in in the short term to win a few more dual mates, but in the long run, it's going to hurt, you know, like, like for example, last year, um, you know, pulling Nino Bonacorsi's redshirt would have been uh, something that we could have done. That would have been a short-term fix. We might have won to see more dual meets, but in the long run, it probably wasn't the best for his development. Which, in turn, wouldn't be the best for our team. You know what I mean? So, so little things like that you learn. Um, and it, and it's it's easier said than done to do that. You know, especially when you're losing, it's like you'll do anything to not lose anymore. But you got to keep your eye on the prize, so to speak.
3: <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. I mean. Yeah, I never really thought about that with Nino or you know, I remember Iowa went through the same thing with Marinelli, right? And all yeah, sure. the wouldn't have won a true a national title as a true freshman, so what what's the point? Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, and you so, gotta know I where you're is. to I mean,
3: okay.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's a, yeah. you see it all the time. I mean that happens with a team every year, and I remember, you know, a couple of years ago with Miles Martin at Ohio State, it was like they pulled his shirt and it worked out great. He won the national they won the team title. You know what I mean? But they're are a team that was competing for a team title. We're we're a team that's building for the future. So um, you know, you gotta know what you're what you're trying to do and who you're working with.
1: Yeah, so Keith, we, we talked about um you talked about like uh all the the time in in different rooms and and your time at the uh mm-hmm. how, say, the regional training center and like you know, like you said you weren't mm-hmm. actually a coach but you were doing a lot of mm-hmm. teaching cuz that was part of your role is there someone or, or more maybe more than one coach that uh really influenced your you know your uh I guess your career to uh and and you learned a lot from that you I don't know maybe try to emulate or things from that, that their style of coaching that you emulate and bring to your style of coaching yeah
4: yeah i think I mean so many different people had an impact on sure so my my career, and and, and it's all different ways, you know. I mean, when I got the pit, I had a really good situation where you know I had coaches who cared about me on the on the pit staff, and then I also had, you know, I worked with Sonny Abe one on one, you know, and Sonny was a big influence on my on my technical wrestling, you know, and and the attention to detail that I put into it. I mean, he would make me do something you know, a hundred times, you know, and, and, uh, so, so from a technical uh, standpoint, the way I teach technique you know, he had a a huge influence on me from that, you know, and then I had, you know, like Randy Sotomayor was my head coach and Randy was was known for, you know, how he would treat people and taking care of people and and looking at the overall, um, development of the student athlete, you know, so that, that sticks with you and that's something that you, you really learn to appreciate. Um, When you're, you know, when you're older, when you're my age now, then, you know, more so than when you're in college. Um, you know, and then of course, uh, you know, I spent some time with Pat Santoro when I was, I trained at Lehigh first for a little while and, and Pappy and a pit alum, we were always pretty close and, um, he's one of the best guys in the sport, you know, and, and, um, so you learn a lot from him. You know, my time at Ohio State, I, I learned a ton about, um, how to build a program. You know, when I got there, they were pretty—they were pretty good. And then, you know, they made some key changes and some key recruiting moves that ended up went from from pretty good to winning a national title. You know, I learned how to put together an RTC from being at Ohio State because uh, you know, when I first got there, it was well, we only had a you know one or two guys, and then we ended up having a full. We had I think six guys, and in 2013, we put five of the six on the world team that year. You know, so. You know, two years later, Ohio State won the national title. So, I mean, yeah, you just kind of, you know, I just paid attention and and picked up a lot of things. You know, Lou Roselli was my coach there at at Ohio State, and then I worked for Lou at Oklahoma. And, you know, the way that he approaches the work and the consistency of it, I think, uh, you know, I I definitely, that stuff rubbed off on me. So, yeah, I think, you know, everybody's probably like that. They they have a lot of people who've impacted them throughout their career, and, and you take a little bit from everybody.
1: Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, you, you've had these experiences, and and like you said, like you, there's no there's no set amount of time that tells you or that indicates that you're ready to be a head coach. It's you know, it's it's more like a mm-hmm. it's either you you're cut out to do it and it's it's in your blood and and you, you you're able to do it or you know you're not and it there's like like you said there's no set time or place for it to happen when the, when the opportunity presents itself. Um, one last thing, like about the 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 whole coaching aspect uh, for this part. Um, what, like when when uh, when the pit job came open, did you know right away that that you wanted that you're going to throw your name in the hat for it? Yeah, um, well,
4: I mean, the whole thing was a little was a little crazy. I mean, I always thought I always wanted to end up at pit. Like when when I was in coaching, that's that was like my 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 goal of you know, I'm going to, obviously I was, I loved at Oklahoma. There, reeling real in the wrestling there. It was, um, you know, a place that I loved who I was working with I felt like, you know, we're going to be good here. And then, so I didn't plan on leaving or anything like that. And, but, uh, but I, I always thought, you know, down the road, I was going to try to go back to back to Pitt cause I love Pittsburgh and I love Pitt. Um, so when it opened up, it was, it was unexpected, you know? And, and so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was planning on it, but obviously, I, I I I had to I had to give it a shot. You know, because who knows if if I didn't, and then they hired somebody else. You know, who knows if I'd ever get an opportunity again. You know, so it was. Um, I knew I had to give it a shot, and uh, you know, the way it uh, once it started unfolding a little bit, and um, you know, I knew some some key people that that helped me and, and get my foot in the door, and then uh, you know, the rest is history. <laughs>
1: Rob, I know you had some questions about uh, moving, changing direction, about uh, you know some expectations for this for uh, Keith and his program.
3: Yeah, so Keith, obviously the ACC has come a long way in the last ten years. I think two out of the last three or two out of the last four um, teams have brought him a trophy: Virginia Tech in New York, and then NC State uh, last year, which I think ultimately is a good thing for Pitt and, and good thing for the ACC, obviously. So what do you guys have to do in the near and long term to to catch those teams and be a perennial, be at a perennial power, top of the ACC? I mean, what's you know the, the plan, or what's I guess the, the early and long term steps for that?
4: Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. The ACC is very good now, and it's uh, it, it's kind of you know crazy how how fast that's happened. You know, not too long ago, the ACC wasn't that good, and now. Um, NC State was fourth last year, Um, Virginia Tech's been fourth. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very strong conference, which is good for us because it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to be in a good competitive conference, and you get tested before you get to the nationals, and and all that goes with it. You know, um, I think last year they had the mo- ACC had the most qualifiers to the nationals they've ever had before. So it's consistently getting better. Um, what do we need to do to, to to get better and and you know compete for ACC title and, and be a good program? I think I think we don't focus on other programs so much as we just focus on um, what we can do, and what we can do is. Is we gotta recruit the type of kids that we wanna bring into this program, you know, which is, uh, high character kids that, that, that attack a lot and love to compete, you know, and then, um, and then once they're here, we focus on developing them, um, because no matter how you're good, how good you are in high school, you know, this is a different level. So, uh, everybody's gonna need to work on something and everybody's gonna hit bumps in the road and, and that's what we're here for, to help them develop and, and get through that. So it's recruiting the guys that, that, um, you know the the guys that that fit our mold, and the guys that we want to bring into this program that to fit the culture that we're trying to build, and then once they're here, it's developing. them.
1: So, Rob, you talked about high character kids that that want to work, and so you you name two characteristics of what you're looking for in a recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some? You know, those are two, in my opinion, two super important things too. What are some other things you look for? Maybe uh, in the, the skill set, athletically, is there is there anything else that you're like that this is what you envision a pit wrestler having, like a tool, uh, tools that they, they they should have in a toolbox when you're recruiting them?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily like technical skills or anything that we're looking for. It's just, I look for kids who love who who love wrestling because you have to. You have to love it because it's going to get, it's going to get hard. You know, you're going to hit, like I said, you're going to hit bumps on the road. You're going to meet adversity. And if, if you love what you do, it's going to be easier to get through that adversity. Um, and you find that out by the way they compete and the way they train, you know, um, so when we're watching a kid, I want I want a kid who's aggressive as I was looking to score points because that's the kid who's trying to develop and get better and not just trying to scapegoat and get his hand raised, you know, so that, that's what we're looking for. And then, you know, obviously there can't be any off the mat issues and that's what we're talking about with the character stuff because it's um we're just when you when we're trying to get better and we're trying to catch you know, the, those those programs and 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 win an ACC title and things like that, we're we our uh, room for error is, is pretty slim, you know. So we gotta we when we bring a guy in here we gotta make sure that they pan out.
1: Yeah. So uh Fargo's coming up. Uh you going? Mm-hmm or is, uh, is going to be out there. Um, who's that? I'm yeah, sorry. Who's that? Be out okay. There. And now, uh, Drew Hadley. Okay. So Drew's going to be out there. Uh, uh-huh. so how important do you uh, think or how important or how much do you value a wrestler's performance at Fargo compared to like the, I mean in the grand scheme of things one of the maybe the toughest tournament uh, age age appropriate um, or toughest tournaments when you, when you factor in it, both styles. How does that factor into the into a guys a, a, a recruits' body of work?
4: Yeah, well, anytime they compete, we you know we're, we're watching and, and want to see how they handle it. You know, what I mean, anytime you compete, it's, it's uh, we want to, to watch a guy give his full effort, you know, and, and compete with with good focus, good composure, and, and good attitude. You know, and um, you know when you see that consistently in somebody, it's a safe bet that that's who they are and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna stick with them so um, so yeah it's, it's Fargo's huge um, it's a great tournament obviously it's a big national tournament there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of great tournaments now you know when I was in high school Fargo was was the king you know now there's Super 32 and Slow Nationals and all these other ones and um, you know it seems like when I was in high school everybody went to Fargo from Pennsylvania now um, I don't know if that's the case anymore I mean obviously we, we got some good guys going out there from our state and and uh there's gonna be good guys from out throughout the country, you know, and so it's it's still a heck of a tournament and it it's definitely still one of the top the top ones that we watch. Um, but like I said, any time they compete, um, you know, we're we're trying to watch how they how they approach it and how they handle themselves.
1: So I'm gonna finish up the, the recruiting aspect of this by my last question being when you what what sets Pennsylvania kids apart from kids from other states. Now that you're you're in the you're in the driver's seat, and you you know not that you can't miss on a recruit, but if you're you know you're looking at recruits like what do, mm-hmm. what do Pennsylvania kids do consistently better than maybe kids from um, uh, Ohio, West Virginia, in, in areas you're probably recruiting in New York and and beyond. I mean, I'm sure you mm-hmm. don't have really have boundaries as far as where you're looking to get kids that are going to come into your program and be uh, be contributors and and all Americans and national champions. But you know you know we. We're three Pennsylvania of any guys right here, and uh, you know there's mm-hmm. probably a slight bias, maybe, but I think maybe mm-hmm. of the three of us right now, you're going to have the, the be able to maybe take the glasses off, as I, as I like to say, and 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 you maybe give us some more insight. But you know, Pennsylvania traditionally, as we all know, very strong wrestling. What what sets a Pennsylvania kid apart?
4: Um, well, I mean, first of all, you said that you know. A lot of states have good wrestlers, and and you know, obviously, like Ohio is very strong, and 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 PA strong, and but you're seeing now more than ever. I mean, kids from everywhere are are good, you know, and that's uh, so it doesn't really matter where they're from as long as they have the the competitive mindset, and and uh, like I was saying before, always looking to attack, always looking to score, um, you know, the, the the growth mindset, you know. Um, the kids that are going to keep getting better is, is what we're looking for and that can really happen anywhere we've seen it happen um, all over the place now um, but in Pennsylvania in particular I think with our state we have a lot of depth you know and that's that's something that sets us apart maybe you know and, and here is that um, you know the kid who gets who gets fourth place at the state tournament might be a stud you know I mean my, myself I never won a state title in PA you know I was third in double and then Obviously, I had to be a lot better in college, but um, you know, maybe somewhere else that that, that depth isn't uh, isn't the same as, as PA. And so, I think that that just comes from you know we we have we have very good clubs in Pennsylvania. You know, the the club uh, scene here is is top notch. You know, and it, and it's getting that way in a lot of different areas, and In particular, like um, Illinois has been, is, has been really strong. You know, and a lot of that I think is because they have some really good clubs there. You know, and these kids are, are are training a lot with with high level coaches. You know, there's there's high level coaches that have done um, know what they're talking about. You know, teaching these kids from a young age. So, I think you're seeing that happen all over the country. Um, it just might have happened earlier in PA.
1: So you, you kind of answered one of the last two questions I had was what makes a, a good college wrestler. And, you, you know, through your answers before, you've kind of answered that. So I'm going to go on to my – I got one more question for you, and then I'm going to throw it over to Rob mm-hmm. to finish, finish up here. But uh, just kind of changing gears, just, again, this, uh, you know, talking about Keith Gavin, the wrestler, a little bit, and giving some – so people can get a little mm-hmm. bit insight about you. Uh, in your career, you had a very successful collegiate career, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes. In your, in your college career, who was the toughest guy you wrestled? you know, gave you fits, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And, and, you know, why do you, why was he, uh, your toughest opponent?
4: Um, I don't know that, you know, that's tough to answer because I wasn't like, you know, my, like my first couple of years, I, I was, I wasn't that, that good per se. You know, I mean, I was still, I was still growing as a wrestler. So like, for example, like my first ever college goal meet I was a true freshman. Also Troy letters that we really had crushed me. You know, and it was like, but I don't even, you know, I mean, that was probably one of the worst losses I've had in college, but, you know, I don't even, unless somebody asked me about that, I don't even remember it because I, I just, I went those first two years of college out of my mind because I wasn't any good, you know, so, um, you know, like i was saying, that, that was when I was still um, growing and getting better. But so like, you know, disregarding those first couple of years, I mean, when I felt like I was pretty good, or, you know, I mean, at least, uh, being, you know, all American ready, you know, uh, probably Ben Askren was probably to the type of show. I and it was really because like I wrestled a few times and I knew, like, I felt really good on my feet when I wrestled, you know, I felt like, um, like I can control him and take him down, but he was, uh, he was very mentally, um, tough and, and I learned a lot from wrestling with him and then, um he was a year older than me so afterwards we ended up training together for a little while and and we became good friends he's he's a great guy but um but anyways i learned a lot um from wrestling in college just on you know the mental side of things and, and how he uh, uh like for instance in our junior year in the finals it was um you know the match was going my way in a lot of ways and uh he was a heavy favorite you know but he stayed the course and ended up getting, ended up beating me, and it was, um, it was kind of a lesson, and, you know, I didn't really think I expected to win until maybe the third period, when it's like, oh, I could win this one, you know, and he just kind of stayed the course, where I was kind of up and down, you know, and and not riding that emotional roller coaster. so, um, you know, I think that he, uh, he was, he was probably the best competitor I wrestled in, in, um. In college, just from a mental um, standpoint. And, you know, like I said, I learned a lot
1: from that. All right, so, Rob, we're going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back over to you here. And uh, you can, uh, you know, finish up your last question here with, with uh, Keith. We don't want to keep him too long. But like I said, we do appreciate the time you're giving us.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so, last question to uh, all the blue chips out there listening to this, and, you know, some of them may or may not have committed to Pitt verbally, um, but for those other mm-hmm. guys you're chasing down. What what's your pitch? And I don't want you to give away too much because I know there's probably some secrets, but how do you draw someone mm-hmm. in? What what's why would you want why would a blue chip want to come and wrestle with Pitt?
4: Yeah, well I mean, you know the 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 Pitt is is a is a great place to be um, all around. Academically it's the number one school in the in the northeast, the number one public school in the northeast. You know, so it's great academics. Um you could really um, you could really do both here, you know. Where um, you know, a lot of places it might be tough to be to succeed academically and athletically, but at Pitt, you, you could really do both. So, we really feel like it's the best of both worlds from that standpoint. Um, but uh, you know, and other than that, I think it's fun to be part of something that that, that you know people believe is is going to get um, is is on the rise, you know, and that and that we're getting better and we're going in the in the right direction and, and, um, and Pitt's had guys, uh, do well before, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, I won, I won at it, but Tyler Wilkes a couple of years ago was in the national finals, you know, and, and really, you know, should have won that match and be a national champion, but, you know, so we had, you know, Tyler who was, I think he was fifth in the state was his best finish and he's up on, you know, getting in the national finals and we've had, uh, multiple all-Americans. So, we have, we've had multiple national champions at Pitt. Um So it's been proven that you could win here. Um, now all we're trying to do is do it consistently so that we have a, uh, in, we have uh, numerous guys on our team winning here. And like I said earlier, the way we do that is uh, we bring in that, the guys that we want that, that fit our mold, and, and then we pour a lot of time into them and develop them. And that's what we tell these kids in the recruiting process is that, we're a young staff that has a lot of energy and, and, and we're very hungry to try to, to, to get to this, get this program to where we think it, it can go. And, um, we're going to pour a ton of time into the guys that we have. You know, we're going to put a lot of attention into them and, and make sure that we do everything we can to help them reach their goal. You know, and you can't guarantee anybody that they're going to be national champ. I mean, things happen, you know, injuries, things like that, but I can guarantee them that. Um, we're gonna give them everything they need, you know it's not going to be because of lack of effort on our end um, so so that's what we tell these guys and, and we think that it's a special place and you know our new administration is doing some special things here and, and the whole athletic department is is uh, got a lot of positive momentum right now
3: one more question I forgot to ask this earlier, but um mm-hmm. you know this season's outlook, just kind of talking about that future national champs building guys up. I mean, who should we be looking out for coming out
4: this year? Um, we got a young team, you know, so it's, I'm, I'm as interested as anybody to see who's gonna, young guys tend to, you know, get better quicker because they're, because they're rowing and, and you know, um, by the time you're 50, you see you kind of are who you are, but, uh, but yeah, we are I'm, I'm excited for a lot of these guys. So we got, we got a lot of young guys on the team. I mean, you know, two obvious ones coming off redshirt, uh, Nino Bonacorsi, who was, had a, had a great redshirt year last year and put in a good summer, and, and Mickey Phillippe, who's, um, you know, in a, a redshirt and, and he also had a, had a very good, uh, year. So both those guys will be in the lineup next year and we're excited for them to, to see what they can do. But like I said, I mean, top to bottom, we're pretty young. I think we only have three seniors on the whole team, you know, in their whole 30 man roster, so. Um, we got some we got some kids that are uh, that are doing that that are doing the right things and we're we're looking to see we're we're all excited about who's going to step up and, and make a name for themselves next year
3: do you consider uh Philippi, the Van Wilder pit wrestling as a young guy or just uh young with, with old with a lot of eligibility
4: yeah he's uh, um he's still young you know he, he's certainly still young but he uh yeah, he's got 4 years left for us, so that's going to be uh that's going to be fun, you know. Um Mickey uh he works very hard and um he's a he's a great kid. Everybody loves him. And I uh you know, I think I'm, you know, we want to see him do well cuz he's on our team, but also you know, I've known him for a long time and and uh you know, I care a lot about him, you know, as as I do with with a lot of these guys on our team. So, um you know, there's there's really no better feeling than, than seeing the guys on your team uh, overcome things and succeed. So yeah, we're we're hoping that Nikki has a great year this year and, and he's been working hard and so is the rest of the thing this summer. So so we're we're hoping that uh a lot of, a number of guys have a good
1: year. Well Keith, sure. we Thanks, Keith. Yeah, and we really appreciate the time you gave us here tonight. Uh you know we'll keep any longer yeah, no Really, you know uh, really want to wish you the best of luck from PA uh, Power Wrestling uh, in this upcoming season you. as you continue to build the the, the pit program and build it back up. And uh, you know that's like I said, come from West Virginia alumni. Uh, you know I, I'm sincere in saying that I, I do want to see you do well. Uh, I think it's good for the rivalry. It's good for college wrestling. Like you know, it's 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 good when all these Pennsylvania teams are, are doing well. And, you know, we saw with yeah. obviously Penn state's doing what, doing their thing, but you know, the, the upswing yeah. of, uh, you know, all, all these schools in Pennsylvania are, are getting, are, are keeping the, the, the talent home. And, you know, you're, you're right. definitely a testament to that. So, you know, we should nothing but the best to continue to, uh, develop pit and, and build that program and, and provide opportunities for all kids, not just Pennsylvania guys. So, you know, you know, best of luck can't say it enough thank you i appreciate that that's what we got for this week we're trying to be short but rob we still end up going a little bit longer than we thought rob's going to talk a a minute about the uh the surge which is uh uh, pa power wrestling sponsoring this fall
2: yeah so the surge guys um a nice preseason tournament that is being hosted at the university of pittsburgh johnstown uh Nice facility that they have there. It is, I think, the first week of November. Let me pull up the dates real quick. Uh, you're right. I believe it's the 3rd and 4th of November. Yep, 3rd and 4th, Saturday, Sunday. Um, check out the website. Pre-registration is already up on flow, um, so you'll be able to see who's all there and, and who's showing up. It's supposed to be uh, just the straw poll coaches I'm talking to. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a lot of studs there, so definitely want to get there and you know check out some of the competition. Uh, before the uh, the season starts,
1: yeah, definitely take advantage of it. it. You know the the amount of preseason tournaments that are out there to get looks and things like that. It's these are tournaments. You know, Fargo this weekend, Super Thirty Two, Flow National, all these tournaments where it's out of the season. There are easy ways to get looks from college coaches because if they're not in season, they have the ability to get out and see you wrestle so you know for you uh high school aged wrestlers or parents listening these are uh, you know opportunities to get your uh you know your your son looks from college coaches at, at some of these tournaments and the, and the surge is is you know right there with them and uh you know it's preseason tournaments you know Within a month of the season starting, so you guys that are that are working towards that season, you know it's a good way to to kind of shake a little bit of the rust off before the grind really starts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then um, you know next episode we will look at Drexel and Edinburgh. If we do another two teamer, um, a lot going on with Edinburgh, so certainly we'll want to. Hear about that, and uh, I guess discuss what their future looks like, and and you know speak
1: of a lot of going on for Edinburgh, a lot of change, uh, definitely a lot of change going on in Drexel too. I mean, it's it's in my backyard, and a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz in Drexel uh, going on about Drexel wrestling, and I'm you know I'm looking forward to talking about. So we're gonna we're gonna cut it off there. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, got like I said, good feedback from the first one. Please, please don't hesitate to reach out to us uh, with anything, questions you want answered. uh, Refute anything that we said. Uh, Tell us we don't know what we're talking about. It's fine. You know, anything. Any feedbacks, good feedback. Uh, And, you know, sign off here. Uh, You know, this was The Open Room with Joe Youngblood and Rob Waltco. Thanks and take care. Have a great couple weeks,
3: and we'll be back soon with some, uh, some more wrestling.